is in the know for Wednesday, December 15, the 349th day of 2021. There are 16 days left in the year. Good morning, MB. Dining with you in the know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose. Live online at K105.com. Via the app on Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast. On Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. And the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. And also, we have the Carol of the Bells, Ashley Bell from the Grayson County Cougar Bands, will be here talking about a very special event going on tomorrow. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the Know. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire, is my beautiful wife. The beautiful girl. It's me. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? Mom? I'm good. I've had a busy morning, but yeah. you, just trying to take care of things. You got so. safely to work. That's the most important well, part. Yeah, I had you, someone to drop. You me. had a good chauffeur. Make mm-hmm. sure you got here safely and yeah. soundly. Uh, you you like uh, animals. You you like uh, you, you like zoo animals. I, love I know animals. you like giraffes, but you love animals. Fair to say. Yes. Okay. Uh, you like lions. They're not your favorite, but they're like mine. But I, I but you like lions just fine. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Imagine if you were at the airport. And there were two lions just roaming around the airport. Would that make you feel uncomfortable? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, two huge lions sparked a mass panic at a major airport after escaping their enclosure as they were being taken onto a plane. They were the Singapore airport, and vets had to use tranquilizers to get them under control during a standoff with the lions and the people in the airport. Yeah. You know, I oftentimes think I've seen it all at the airport. But I've, I, <laughs> I, hadn't, really. I hadn't seen that yet. Suddenly I go, hey, there's a couple of lions there. He's a five-time winner of the coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award. He's the two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe, London, Moscow, Paris, and the whole USA. He's Sam Gormley and the Sparts. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. I'm relying upon you to tell me everything I need to know about National Signing Day. Oh, you got your! I'm sure you're covering the whole. Uh-huh. You've got the whole USA blanketed because it's well, National Signing Day. I know. I asked. Uh, Grayson County football does have a player who committed, and I was. I asked if he was signing today, and no, I think they're going to mm-hmm. hold off until the spring. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let me keep yeah, your options there's, open. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that I, at all. I, I've seen early morning flurry of activity uh-huh. of people who had committed and signing their letters of intent and Kentucky sharing those. But one major one, um, they're getting strung along a little bit more on, uh, on Goodwin. Goodwin Keont- or Godwin? Keontae Goodwin. Goodwin, yeah. Um, uh, he's a big get. He'd be the highest-rated football player to ever come to the state of Kentucky. Yeah, um, but he—he he suddenly, all of a sudden, seems interested in um, in um, uh, making Kentucky vie for his attentions last minute. Uh, he and like he said last night, Michigan State and UK is where he's at. Yeah, and, it's kind of torn, and you know what? Like I always say, is. He needs to make the decision that's best for him, and I think he's probably one of those, like a lot of kids, that all of a sudden, you know, is his third cousin twice removed, you know, who's a big 
whichever fan it is, is like, oh, well, you need to come here, and he needs to really just sit down and think about which decision do I need to make right? and not what decision my third cousin twice removed needs to make. Yeah. He just seems like the fact that he's delaying it a little bit more just seems like he's really liking the attention. Yeah. And he's really and, and liking the attention that's being paid can, to him. Can and, you blame him? I mean, you're getting wine and dined, and, I mean, I don't blame him at all. There comes a point you made a commitment. Are you going to follow through on the commitment? And I guess we'll see later on today. Will uh, Will Kentucky be the bridesmaid or the bride when it comes to the the? Well, I think you're going to wait till the spring. So you I think, think you think, think you're going to wait even longer. Yeah. Few showers today. Going to be heavier rain and wind for Thursday. We'll see wind gusts could reach forty miles an hour at times with this front near the area. Uh, of course, Western Kentucky extremely edgy after what happened over the weekend and now rain moving into the region. I don't think we'll see – I don't think here in our neck of the woods we're going to see as much wind as we as we might in the region, even though we've seen some gusts already this morning. But for areas that have – in western Kentucky that already have roof damage or maybe your house wasn't destroyed, but you're trying to protect what you do have left. There was a big rush yesterday to get roofs and other things tarped and covered in advance of the rain because 30% chance of rain today, 100% tomorrow, 100% on Friday – and then this is for the entire Wave 3 storm tracking team region. And then 80% on Saturday. So rain is on the way. Uh, we'll see cloudy today, a high of 65. Tonight, 58. And rain chance tomorrow, as I mentioned, a high of 59. And then... Yeah, I was reading something from the Weather Service that they said that we... I mean, it is a lot of rain, too, that will yeah. be dumped on the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one thing to have... It's one thing for it to rain really hard for several hours. It's another thing for it to rain even even uh, slightly for an elongated period of time. You just get rain dumped on top of of rain. The president of the United States will be coming to Kentucky today to survey storm damage for the fifth time since taking office less than a year ago. He's taking on the grim task of visiting an area of uh, of damage by natural disaster. He will start at Fort Campbell today and then branch out. I think he's going to Mayfield and then going to uh, Dawson Springs. Obviously, his connection to the Bashir administration and aligning politically and the Bashir's heritage in Dawson Springs and Hopkins County. When the last time a president went to Dawson Springs? Yeah, I'd say uh, never. I'd be curious to see when, when was the last time a president went west uh, west of I-65 uh, in Kentucky? It seemed like... Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I get not counting Bowling Green, not counting Bowling Green. Yeah, I was going to say if you say west of I sixty five, that I, you know Bowling Green splits. I it. guess west of the park of the of the seemed like Owensboro was in play really? within the last couple of years. I don't I don't know that, but you may have like Dawson Springs. You may and he wasn't president; he was vice president. But you might have to go all the way back to like Alvin Barkley, mm-hmm. you know, for for somebody from the presidential administration, and he's Paducah, right? To be and yeah, and so, of course, obviously, who Lake Barkley is is named for. Uh, listen, I, I, I'm not a particular fan of the politics of President Biden. Uh, he's the president. And that's what presidents do. Is. And Kentucky needs presidential support, and Kentucky needs federal uh, support. Uh, I, you, won't, you won't find me calling the president names when he's coming to Kentucky to try and help. And I think if you choose to, I think you're rude. 
and you don't have to like him personally. You don't have to like him politically, but you do. You should respect the office and the fact that he's coming to Kentucky to try and be of some assistance, and maybe not just him, but his team, the the administration. We we need their help. Kentuckians need their help. So no reason to be snide. A telethon hosted by the University of Kentucky Athletics Association or department. Last night raised more than $3 million in donations with matching funds to benefit victims of last weekend's storms. The Kentucky United for Tornado Relief Telethon, all those proceeds are going to the American Red Cross. Donations had reached over $3 million with more coming in in the four-hour telethon that concluded wow. last night. Uh, 50000 from Ohio State University's men's basketball coach, Chris Holtman, who is from Nicholasville, and then Coach Cal leaned on all the uh, millionaires that have been produced by UK basketball over the last uh, decade, and saw a lot of the the UK men's basketball brethren. Your famous, your famous names, you know, yeah, Murray, the, the, yeah, the who's who of uh, of UK men's basketball who are all you know contributing larger sums, and so three million dollars in a short period of time, very impressive. Uh, Team Kentucky, the, what the governor did a couple of days ago is getting sizable. I think the KSR-Kentucky uh, Chamber collaboration is looking for about half million dollars, and maybe they were halfway there as of uh, yesterday. Yeah, I think I saw this morning they today. were uh, over 300000 Are they? Well, I think good. I saw that this morning. That's good, and good to have backing. You know, obviously, the chamber is a very powerful and organization. Think, and it also wide. helps when, when the crafts are behind you as well. Yeah, that's true. They, yeah, got, they, they got a little bit of money. They were able to get it, to get it set up and get it going. Death toll yesterday. Stayed at 74, but ranging in age from two months to 98 years. Well, it covers the, covers the spectrum. Wow. Uh, Governor Bashir said the number of deaths from the weekend were remained at 74, but more than 100 still missing and believe that that number is even larger. Uh, I won't break down the deaths for you by county again. Uh, they, they're holding pretty steady, but the, the uh, eight of them... Eight of the deaths are unidentified or their names either have not yet been released. I've been taking in, you know, huge amounts of coverage of this, just like I'm sure each one of you have. My takeaway from yesterday, um, two takeaways. One was the mom who, um, living in a 100-year-old house, collapsed around her. She had a child under each arm. She had one that was months old and had one that was three. And um, she lost the one that was three, and you'll know her. And I, I apologize that I don't recall her name. It's more. It's not a simple name like Sally or something like that. It's 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 multi syllables. But she said uh, she has a black eye. You can just tell it looked like somebody punched her in the eye. It's just so dark and black. From you know she got hit with something in the in the storm, and so just hearing her tell her story, this the numbness that she has in uh, talking about it, but talking about it so matter of factly, just so you can tell that the shock is still there. And then um, from a from a rescue standpoint, and people who are trying to help, I learned about an organization yesterday I was not aware of, and it's called Operation Sheepdog, and. It was very compelling to me because it's a group of either current or former first responders, maybe people who surveyed uh, or served our country in the armed forces, people who have already seen traumatic experiences in their life. And what they do is they come into devastation, areas of devastation, and so that friends and neighbors 
of that community don't have to be the ones who find the deceased. They find them, identify them, process them so that the, you aren't uncovering your friends and neighbors or as many times as possible to avoid a fellow friend and neighbor uncovering or discovering another fr fellow friend and neighbor who lost their lives and that trauma. And I thought it was a remarkable approach. And there are heroes and helpers all around us who are doing things like this. And that's just one instance. But it was very compelling to me. The way that the gentleman who was interviewed, who was leading the organization, the boots on the ground there, he said, if, if we can keep our fellow first responders from having to discover their own brethren, their own friends and family in these piles of rubble, then we're doing our job. And it was very moving to me. I thought it was, I thought it was wonderful. And that's just, I'm sure, one instance of what is happening. Electric cooperatives are reducing Western Kentucky outages from 80,000 to 10,000. I know a lot of strides were made yesterday uh, all over the state. Well, Bowling, I read, Green. I think I read Warren RECC is less than 500 this yeah, morning. Yeah, we got a new release from Warren RECC this morning. They've been working day and night, as have been... West Kentucky RECC, Warren RECC, Gibson EMC, Penny Ryle Electric. I happened to talk to somebody from LG and EKU this morning and said their territories were looking pretty good in their service areas. BGMU covered a lot of ground yesterday. So um, the power grid is looking is looking better in areas where it is rebuildable. But there are some other things as well, like other simple utilities like water, sewer, gas uh, is that infrastructure solid or not um, uh, you know uh, Wi-Fi network yeah absolutely Bro uh, broadband uh, uh, I, I don't mind telling you um, I mentioned on I think I mentioned on Monday uh, Taylor and Cameron uh, living in that area toward the end of the bypass where most of that damage was in Bowling Green their home was spared but just a few trees but then as they're removing trees they realize one of the uprooted trees has ripped their water line Mm. So the water line to their home. So while they might have electricity, they don't have water. But then you have to rely upon overwhelmed infrastructure of people to come in and mark all the other lines before they can dig and do those repairs. And so there are some ripple effect. It's not just electricity is my point. There's some other downstream or In some... a lot of ways you don't realize everything that you use. That's right. right. There's some derivative problems that uh, are created as a result of uh, trying to uh, just uncover from the damage. Some low-interest disaster loans are available for 24 Kentucky counties. Low-interest disaster loans from the U.S. Small Business Administration are available to businesses in uh, Caldwell, Fulton, Graves, Hopkins, Marshall, Muhlenberg, Taylor, and Warren, which is that primary escalated disaster zone. But uh, injury disaster loans also available in Edmondson, uh, Butler, Barron, looking for the surrounding counties here, Ohio, McLean, Grayson County, not listed specifically, but I will, I would almost assure you that that little sliver over along Falls of Rough is going to qualify for some type of, uh, some type of aid. It just, that was just a little, uh, just a teeny tiny area that was impacted there. State police reminder for you, state police post four in Elizabethtown, continuing to serve as a drop-off point for donations for tornado victims, they are currently accepting donations until Friday at 3.30 Central. 
They need bottled water, gallons of water, baby food, diapers, blankets, work gloves, toiletries, and dog and cat food. Also, if you're wanting to participate in that um, that uh, West Kentucky toy drive that First Lady Brittany Bashir is heading up, you can also do that through all of the KSP posts, which is, which is a good idea. You know, it's it's one of those things. Like it was, I think even KSR was talking about it yesterday mm-hmm. that they said it was one thing that you didn't even think about. By the way, don't wrap those. They 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 need them unwrapped so they know what they are, and then they can wrap them and distribute them. And so, if you just want to, you can buy gift cards. You can uh, do toys, birth to seventeen. So just uh, I I saw this a couple of days ago, and I, I don't I really don't want to spend much time in it. Uh, spend much time on it, but I also don't think we can ignore it. After the adrenaline and shock starts to wear off over tragedy, a lot of times, unfortunately, the blame game starts. And, uh, you know, and so I saw this two days ago on social media and I thought, I hope there's, I, I, I hope that's not true, but it's also a very uh, complex issue in my mind. A worker says she risked discipline if she left her job amid the storm. An employee of the Kentucky Candle Factory where eight workers were killed, said that a supervisor threatened her with written disciplinary action if she went home early because storms were approaching. Her name is Haley Condor. She worked uh, there off and on for 10 years. She also questioned why the company didn't encourage workers to go home or at least give them a better understanding of the danger. And so that was between a first tornado siren around 6 p.m. Friday and another one around 9 p.m., so she goes on to tell her story. A spokesperson for the company insisted employees were free to leave any time. So the truth is somewhere in the middle of those two things. You know, the company might have said one thing. A supervisor might have not interpreted that correctly or might have said something different. And then you got the employee over here. It is very hard not to be on the side of the labor force. It is very hard not to be on the side of the people that lost their lives. Um, it's very easy to drift to that side. What I'm trying to do also then is just imagine I, I'm trying not to rush to that side because of empathy and compassion. Uh, it's it's human nature to do that. I'm, I'm trying to just make sure and be open to, well, how complex a situation like like that. If you if, if every time there was a watch of some kind that you, you know, had to change your course or do something different, then, you know, there's some there's some problems associated with that. But then also you can't wait until a warning says a tornado is half a mile away. Take cover. You, you also can't do that. So this is this is there are many layers to this onion. And so I just I want to know more about this. And my guess is we will learn more about this and uh, find out exactly what happened in that situation. But there's no winning. There's no winning for anyone in that situation. And uh, just tragic nonetheless. 69 new COVID cases in Grayson County since December 6th. New report that was released yesterday by the Grayson County Health Department. Uh, 89 active COVID cases in the county. There are seven people currently hospitalized. Incidentally, six of those are unvaccinated individuals. So it gives you an idea. You know, we not talked about, I don't think we've said the word COVID since last Friday, and that's fine with me, but do want to give you an update. Pfizer confirms their COVID pills uh, results and says their, uh, says their potency against the Omicron variant is fine. Also, you can read about it, K105.com. A huge fire destroyed a barn and expensive farm equipment just outside Litchfield Monday morning, uh, approaching midday. You can read about that at K105.com. Former Kentucky Secretary of State Allison Lundergan-Grimes says she didn't do anything wrong. Well, 
what would you expect her to say if she's facing uh, <laughs> if she's facing ethics violations? She's not going to say, "You guys got me. I guess you finally figured me out." And then Vince Tyre, former athletic director at the University of Louisville is uh, speaking finally and talked with journalists yesterday to kind of give some idea. Uh, he said once he told President Ben DePuty that he was taking the maybe taking the FSU job, he never heard back from her, he said. He also says he did not decide to fire Scott Satterfield and talk to Jeff Brom. And then he said uh, Chris Mack is in a tight spot. And I'm like, well, those are pretty good assessments all the way, all the way around. Yeah, nailed it. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Ashley Bell from the Grayson County Cougar Band Program is here. Big event tomorrow night that uh, we need your help with and you'll enjoy it. We'll tell you all about it coming up here on In the Know. National Cupcake Day. It is also Bill of Rights Day. And it is Cat Herders Day. Oh, that's the definition of you right there. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, There's one thing you love, it's, it's cats. It's also the, the day we say good morning and welcome back. She's singing a solo this morning and have her running buddy with her. But that's why we play Carol the Bells year-round. Our dear friend Ashley Bell is back. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you. Ready to sing a solo today? Absolutely not. No There's du- a reason why I play an instrument, Mark. <laughs> no duet <laughs> harmony today. Uh, does being a band director ever feel like being a cat herder? You feel like you're always herding cats somewhere, like, I, ah, get in here. Probably so, yeah. yeah. I can imagine. I can see that. It's like trying to move jello. <laughs> like, all right, all you all get over there and stay, con- uh, stay contained. Uh, you know, I, I we, we saw... Um, some photography earlier this week from our friends across the street over at the Alliance of the band students being involved in uh, being charitable and giving back and helping out over at the Alliance this week. I I would imagine one of the missions of uh, your band ministry, that I'll call it, is not just creating good musicians, but creating good humans. And this is one of the ways you help do that, Yes. Absolutely. We always tell the kids that, you know, being a good musician is important, but being a good person is a lot more important. So what we try to teach in the classroom can go well beyond, you know, what they do musically speaking. But when we developed a leadership team, I don't it's been several years ago now, but we really try to instill at least in our leadership team. But we always open it up to anybody that we want to give back to a community that gives so much to us. So um, the the Food Alliance is just one of the ways we've been doing that. And Debbie is awesome to partner with, of course, and. Um, it's an easy way to help out, and the kids love being there and doing that. So we try to do it at least once a year. Right. I I look at events like, you know, I'm, I'm privileged to be able to participate in the uh, marching classic that you have, which has just, you know, grown so big. Um, I, I know you, you do a lot of that internally through boosters, but you also require – you also rely upon – community support and whether it's restaurants or whether it, you know, hospitality or what logistics, whatever it might be. So I guess what you're saying is because the community rallies and supports around you all so much, 
you want to turn that coin over whenever possible. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, I often say on Facebook, which you probably see it all the time, it takes a village because we do so many different activities and, and people don't even really realize sometimes what we, what we do do. Um, and so we, we do have to have a lot of community support and they've never faltered. And so we just like to give back when possible. There are a lot of parents this time of year who are probably trying to come up with creative gift ideas for their young people. Um, and, and I know, you know, you're going to be an advocate for, uh, people finding their way into music through the education system and that type of thing. But, um, Talk a little bit about the gift of music. Like if you're a parent and being able to give your child an instrument and to encourage them to pick up an instrument, it seems like you're giving them an instrument, but you're really giving them far more. Yeah. I mean, musicians, it's something that you can take with you lifelong. Like literally, you can still be, you know, 60, 70, 80 years old. And if healthy and and able, you can still be playing your instrument. And there's lots of people out there that continue their craft well beyond high school and even college. Um, For parents, I would say, hey, you're putting a scholarship in their hand, first of all. You know, um, if your student's willing to work hard and, and keep going, then in college it can provide a lot of financial support for your family. But even beyond that, there are community bands everywhere. There's orchestras everywhere. There's lots of opportunities where you can continue to enjoy your instrument or your craft, even vocal, uh, you know, vocalist as well, um, well beyond. You know, and sometimes, you know, athletes can play for many, many years, but we all know we all get to that point where, you know, you have to retire from athletics at some point. Right. Instrumentally, you can keep that, you know, you can keep your craft going well beyond. So, Do you have, I would presume you do, but I don't know this, do you have upper-class men, uh, upper-class women who would be available, or do you know people who are giving private tutoring on instruments? Maybe you've got a fourth grader or a fifth grader that's just trying to get start, and they need a mentor. Are those mentoring relationships or tutoring relationships available? We do know of several, and we always tell the kids, if you're interested in lessons, we'll find you a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, Angela Nash, my colleague at the middle school, has been pretty awesome about finding people, and if we can't get them here in person, then we do them, you know, now everything's virtual. You know, sure. you can do anything over a Google Meet. So she's done some really awesome bassoon lessons and oboe lessons with, with colleagues from Western. Um, so we've been able to do a lot of that. We do have students studying at Western with, like, Dr. Sapola, who's their clarinet saxophone guy. Um, Chad Pence, ironically, came back from South Carolina and lives here in our community now and works at the hospital. But he's an excellent low brass player. Um and has, Shout out to the low brass. Yes, and, and Chad's going to help us out tomorrow night on the concert, too. He's helped us out several times. So um, we know all kinds of people like that. One other footnote on the giving. You know, so you're you're giving an instrument, but really you're giving a lifelong of enjoyment. And you're in ways you're, form, you're, you're forming the way that young person's brain functions because of what music does. You know, it is, it is shaping. But one footnote to that is you would also be an advocate to say, be careful about who you buy instruments from because sometimes what meets the eye isn't what you might get in the mail, yes? I absolutely would. <laughs> that that old saying of you get what you pay for, uh-huh. sometimes especially when you're talking about instruments, it, it's very, very true statement. Yeah. If, it, if it appears to be too good to be true on the Internet, it probably is. It's shiny. It looks great. <laughs> it's only $77. It's Let's blue. Let's bring it in here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just be careful about that. And yes. there are some very reputable uh, music dealers, and so just ask someone if you're if you're new into that. Um, maybe a set of bagpipes. 
that on <laughs> maybe you're going to get me a set of bagpipes. Are you going to play bagpipes for me I'm one day? Because still, still I've, been, I've been coming here for years, which I enjoy very much, but I'm yet to see the bagpipes. I think his agreement is he wants Devil One Down to Georgia, right? <laughs> well, I want to see this in action. There's some bartering involved. I need to be first chair of the bagpipe section of the band before I can agree to anything. You've mentioned a couple of times about the concert and – did you have a format? Did you have a version of the con- the Christmas concert last year, or did we pause it for one year? We did not. Okay, it, so yes. it's, so back for the first time since 2019. But uh, talk about an event, a collaboration that I know it's a high wire act for you directors trying to get it all coordinated and get it rehearsed, but putting the power of the choral program, the orchestra program, and the band program together at Grayson County High School, to me is marvelous. I mean, it just says, it's a beautiful thing when it comes together, and I know you all are excited to present it again. Really excited, and uh, it is a lot of hard work. Like, um, orchestra keys, which to, you know, somebody that doesn't know a lot about music, but Playing in an orchestra key when you're a band student and vice versa, if you're an orchestra musician trying to play in a band key, um, it can get really complex really quickly. And then um, both of those groups, when you're trying to play in choral keys <laughs> that are really comfortable for, for um, you know, vocalists, it, it can get really tricky. So it's, it's a lot of music. It's a really difficult concert to put together, but it truly is my favorite concert of the year, I, you know, mm-hmm. um, as stressful as it can sometimes be just trying to get it all done. I'm still looking very forward to it. The um, the candlelight processional at Epcot at Walt Disney World is one of my favorite events of the year because it is the combination of the choir and the band and the orchestra, and you bring it all together, and it's just it's magical, and to me it says Christmas. And so I'm so glad that you all do this. I know it's challenging, but people will be blessed by having been there and taking part. It's tomorrow night, and it's always been a fundraiser of sorts. But suddenly a big pivot earlier this week that you're trying to be innovative and reactive to changing dynamics. So what do we need to know to be supportive of the event tomorrow night? Well, we've always asked for canned food drive, Um, canned foods that go directly to the Grayson County Alliance. And on Monday morning when I was driving to Caneyville to do my band class, Debbie Childress gave me a call and um, said, look, we were so blessed by other communities when we went through like the ice storm and things like that. She's like, I think right now it's okay to focus on other communities. And she said, with my blessing, let's go ahead and maybe do something for tornado victims. And I know there's a lot of people doing a lot of of donation drives and things right now, which I think is, is truly wonderful. But rather than the canned foods tomorrow night, um, the concert is always free and open to the public. Um, but we would like to try to get some some items for tornado victims and specifically maybe those items that are kind of getting looked over or that they need more of. Because I know right now lots of those people are inundated with food and clothing. You know, there's obviously so much um, that they're having trouble dispersing it all into correct places, but they still need items. Um, I've got a list here specifically in Dawson Springs. They need things like tarps, hammers, and nails because, you, as you guys mentioned just a little while ago, all the rain that's coming in, mm-hmm. um, over-the-counter medications, you know, things that you don't really think about, um, Vaseline, deodorant, masking tape, uh, and, and specifically jugs for gasoline. Um, generators run on gasoline, as we all know, and, and it's – you, you know, if you don't have anything to put the gasoline in to transport it from, from A to B, then you're you're out of luck. So right. um, things like that that we may not be thinking of, we would like to try to collect and get to the right locations. I was uh, – there is a fraternity – I'm not saying there's not a fraternity in athletics because there certainly is. And we've seen 
uh, rival football programs this week trying to, you know, support their their uh, their comrades, if you will, in Western Kentucky. Um, and I'm sure there are there are musical needs in Western Kentucky that we will we will soon uh, learn about, and and those things will be addressed. I I remember seeing the story a few weeks ago of. Uh, a year or so ago in Nashville or in Tennessee when a high school got wiped out and all of their instruments were damaged, like they were just completely wiped out, and Vince Gill and Amy Grant came in and wrote the check to resupply that band, and they had a concert, and the the euphoria that was involved in the when putting those things together. So my point is, is that small gestures of kindness add up to people in time of need, and this is just one additional way to be able to help people. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I, my brother is also a band director, ironically, and he sent a picture yesterday. We're very close friends with the band director in Mayfield and also Graves County. Mm-hmm. And um, their band trailer, you know, is like a food trailer type truck just destroyed. Like it looked like it had been literally just crushed with something. So, you know, they have lost a lot. And uh, Miss Jarbo mentioned that it would be nice to give back specifically to music programs. Right now, they don't even know what those needs are right. um, until they have a chance, you know, obviously to kind of start putting the pieces back together. But um, we look forward to doing that as well in the future. Yeah, it's a hierarchy of needs. You know, life and limb first, uh, shelter uh, probably second. You know, food would be close, and then some of those others other needs. And as we've been saying all week, this is not a sixty day fix. You know, this is a six year fix. It's going to take, right. and it'll be it'll be gradual. So, just remind us again, Ashley, uh, what time tomorrow evening? Uh, where do we go, and what are our processes again? It's at Grayson County High School. It starts at 7 p.m. It will be held in the gymnasium. And um, like you mentioned, it is choir, band, and orchestra combined. Um, you know, oftentimes you can see these programs at Christmas time, but you have to, you know, $50 ticket or something to get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously it's free, and we, we want to welcome everybody. Um, try to bring something to donate to tornado victims. You will, awesome. you will not be singing the Hallelujah Chorus? No, I will not. Okay. I might be conducting it, but not singing it. <laughs> You'll be deferring the will Aaron to, be singing to it? someone. Yeah, will Aaron be singing it? He's actually a pretty decent singer, oh. but no on that one as well. <laughs> it's wonderful to see you as always. And I, I appreciate hope the community will be supportive of the event t- tomorrow night. That's Ashley Bell from the Grace County Band Programs. Don't miss that gr- wonderful Christmas concert tomorrow night. we got to get to a break. Be back with more here on In the Know. was originally a Chris, uh, a Thanksgiving song. I actually do think I did know that. <laughs> I didn't. I think I've heard that before. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, over the field we go. Yeah, it was originally a Thanksgiving song. You know, go up there with those famous Thanksgiving songs like Over the River and Through the Woods, uh, Grandmother's House We Go, mm-hmm. which is an actual song. And my grandmother will remind you of it. <laughs> so she will. We sang it on Thanksgiving Day. For for her. Here are um, some of the weirdest Christmas traditions that we should absolutely bring back. Or not. Just depending, you know, depending upon how you feel about it. One, I didn't know this existed. I've heard some of these names. But apparently, Santa's Enforcers used to be a Christmas tradition. Isn't that the elves? Back in the old days, Santa had a posse. Uh, St. Nick's Rogue Gallery of Criminal Associates went by different names in different places. Krampus, 
I've heard of Krampus. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Schmutzly, Perchta, <laughs> Ruprecht. We need to bring back Schmutzly. Ruprecht right? will That's love fun. Oklahoma. Schmutzly. My, my favorite <laughs> line from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Ruprecht will love Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Handstrap, Klaubauf, Bellsnickel, or Father Whipper. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So one, one of them to accompany him on Christmas Eve rounds, forcing him to whip all the bad boys and girls. So if you were on the naughty list, you got whipped. Hmm. Uh, number Such two. <laughs> uh, this escalated beyond that. This is the extra bad. The 12 days of Christmas. The song is true. People used to celebrate the uh, Christmas for 12 days straight. And by the way, it started on Christmas, which is one of the reasons we use the convenient excuse to leave our decorations up longer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's really just the eighth day of Christmas. Um, So, yeah, the the annual celebration began between December 25th and January 6th. While it was originally a more solemn affair by the Middle Ages, it was basically 12 days of revelry. So, but then we wanted to move the Christmas season. We wanted to book in Thanksgiving and Black Friday and all that. So the commerce sort of took over and redefined it. Used to have the Feast of Fools. I still attend those fairly often. <laughs> is that uh, Mr. T or something? <laughs> no pitying. No, no pitying at the Feast of Fools. It's just, just the, the Fools. Fool. Yeah. And they used to have something called Mallard Night. According to British popular customs, present and past, at All Souls College in Oxford, they used to celebrate Mallard Night on January 14th to commemorate the discovery of a very large mallard or drake in a drain. There was even a special song about it with lyrics like, let us sing and dance a galliard to remember to the remembrance of the mallard. Did, did your ancestors? Okay, I sort of like this. this. I, I thought it was the Gormleys. I thought no, the Gormleys no, 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 did this. No, no, no. The Gormleys are Irish. The Gormleys are Irish. It's, I thought it's my this mom's was going like, to turn into eating mallards. But no, I didn't. It's a no. celebration of mallards. Okay, it's, it's good. smiling at me. Uh, Christmas cross-dressing? No, thank you. Maidens are dressed up for young men and the young men for maidens. No. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to yeah. say, you also the, called uh... Christmas at play. Was that? <laughs> I can't. Sorry. Um, you need your, 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 you got a, uh, a bumper there that's uh, crickets. You need to start playing that right now. I know. She wants to laugh. She just won't. <laughs> um, you know how you call Thursday Little Friday? Yes. There used to be a Christmas tradition called Little Christmas, but it was celebrated on January 6th at the end. And what it was designed for was because, especially in the old days, and I'm, I know it's a lot like this now. But in the old days, more so, it was harder work preparing for Christmas. Like, I use my mother as an example. She works extremely hard during the Christmas season. It's hard to just enjoy it. So January 6th was for people who did all of the work during Ooh. the Christmas season for everyone else. That was their holiday where they basically mm. said, I'm on kiss it to yeah. everybody else. It's like, kiss it. I'm not doing anything. Well, eventually I'll be there. I'm not there yet because... Your mother and my mother and all that. So I, I don't do all the work. Creepy, eventually I will. Creepy Christmas cards. 
Some Christmas cards are still very creepy. Extortion through Christmas caroling. Oh. Now bring us a figgy pudding is a real, there's a real reason that's in there. We we won't go until we get some. We won't go until we uh-huh, get some. True. That was extortion. I'm not sure I want figgy pudding. And then something called hunting the wren. Okay. Um, hunting the wren is a St. Stephen's Day event where groups of men would hunt and kill a wren, hold a mock funeral for it, put it in a wooden box, dress up in cust- uh, costumes, and bring the wee bird corpse to their neighbors' houses to show it off. I like this one. Bring it back. There's so much going on there. I don't even know what to right. make of all of it. Sounds hmm. like something happens in Butler County, right? <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> that sounds like a good place to start, but goodness gracious. So, a tradition that I think we should bring back is also my Uncle Hub had me convinced that if you could, you had to sprinkle salt on a bird's tail. And the bird would take your Christmas list, and he would deliver it to Santa at the North Pole. <laughs> how like how long did that keep you busy? A couple years ago, right? <laughs> Nearly fifty years. I'm still telling the story. <laughs> we got to get to a break. We'll come back, finish it up for the morning here on In the Know. for today which holiday tradition is an absolute must for you each year we just went through some some of them that uh, have been retired and probably rightly so still a little scarred over the killing of the wren uh but which what holiday tradition is an absolute must do you want to go first sam go for it um i think christmas eve pajamas I wondered if you would say Christmas Eve pajamas. That's top yeah. of mind for me. Mm-hmm. I like that Christmas Eve pajamas. You know, see, it's changed a lot now that my bro- you know no- my parents are empty nesters. Is that we don't have a lot of it? But I always knew growing up we'd always go to they had the train display in downtown Cincinnati, so we'd always go to the train display every Christmas. Was kind of like our thing with that with my dad. It, okay. it was usually I think the weekend before Christmas right. down at the convention center. I don't even know if it's still open or not. Well, if it's not, they should bring it back like some of those other retired Christmas traditions. Maybe put some wrens in there, too. Yeah. Um, So Sam will scrunch up his nose at this, but the reason that the movie A Christmas Story is so important to my family, the origins of that, is that it's the last movie, and really my mom, I think, was shopping at the time, but my dad and my sisters and I, while during the Christmas season, went to see A Christmas Story when it was at the theater, like in the cinema. And so we just kind of latched onto it and it became a thing all the way through. And then a few years ago, I got my dad a leg lamp for Christmas and like it's on display. And then when Christy and I met, she already owned a leg lamp <laughs> and loved the, like loved the movie. And so it's just, that's why it's, it's also when I like to block out the world, that's why we do it for 24 hours. It's just, that's the only thing that we watch for that 24 hours. We love it. You can recite it. The younger kids in our family, they don't like it just like you don't, Sam, or they just think. I don't want to say I don't like it. You don't have an affinity for it Correct. in the same if, way. If that, you told me you never have to see a Christmas story again, I'd be like, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But what if you were told you could never watch Elf again? 
It would hurt a little bit, but I I could <laughs> you could get, live through. I could get I could it. live through it. But yeah. but Elf, yeah, I'll watch Elf ten times before I'd watch Christmas Story. So I guess for me, like that's the some of the factors change, and some of our traditions will eventually have to. That's the thing about traditions; they eventually give give way, you know, and, and that's just part of that part of life. Uh, but that that that's pretty consistent. Like if you go back and and it's not just I know, we do it at our house. Mom, dad do it at their house. Um, you know, just that's just what we watch. And well, and when I no longer have children in my home to give pajamas to, we'll still be watching a Christmas story. So, yeah, maybe by that point you'll have grandkids, though. Then we're also right? gotten really big into Chinese turkey. <laughs> but you can bring it back then. Yeah, Chinese Chinese turkey. That's what we you know we we always find a way during the holiday, somewhere between the 18th and Christmas Day, we have a we have Chinese food. Can you sing the song? Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, it was <laughs> being sung in our do. house earlier this week, making sure we're raising them right, that they know how to sing it, uh, the youngest one. But uh, there have been nights when we would have the girls at home on Christmas night, and we would have Chinese on Christmas at home because that's the only thing open. For the same reason it was open for Ralphie's family when the Bumpuses got the turkey the bumpus hounds bumpuses all right on television tonight the season 41 finale of survivor okay uh the se- this says the series premiere of young rock but it's at least the second season tonight on nbc keenan is back mr mayor is a series premiere the mask singer season six finale is on uh, fox tonight we get a break from basketball tonight sam yeah not until friday night as the Cougars host Collins in the 2001 Recognition Night. Ooh. Chris Gaither makes the return. Okay. You got two po- good point guards coaching against one another. Johnston yeah. against Gaither. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I'm making a move that you interview the winning coach after the game no matter what. Oh. I'm not saying that you can't interview so the losing their, coach. So is that their reward? I just, I just think that you should interview them both. Mm-hmm. At the same time? Maybe. I mean, you could be the mediator. You could mm-hmm. be like on one side and split down the middle because you never know. They might they have fisticuffs or something. Maybe. I know that uh, Todd Johnston might have to be the mediator, <laughs> being the one that's coached both of them. Mm-hmm. No, that would be a real Sophie's <laughs> choice for him. Today's highlight in history: This day, nineteen seventy-eight, President Carter announced he would grant diplomatic recognition to communist China on New Year's Day. The Bill of Rights went into effect this date in seventeen ninety-one. That's why it's Bill of Rights Day. Gone with the Wind had its world premiere in Atlanta this date in 1939. Birthdays today, Dave Clark from the Dave Clark Five is 79 today. Don Johnson is 72. Crockett, Sonny Crockett is 72 today. Crockett and Tubbs. Doug Phelps from Brother Phelps and the Kentucky Headhunters is 61. And Maud Apatow, or Apatow, whichever you like to say, is 24. So she's one of those little girls in uh, This Is 40, you know, Paul Rudd. and Oh, the one she, with the sweet little scrunchy I don't face? Know, no, I don't think she's the youngest one. I think it's oh. the older one that's 24. Oh, okay. That movie's not old <laughs> enough for the baby oh, to true. be 24. Oh. But they do kind of make that movie. Gone but not forgotten, Gustav Eiffel, born this date in 1832. Let's find a chart topper. Don't have a lot of time for them today, but we'll try to go to 1959. Ernie Fields Orchestra is still number one. I think we feature him at least once in the last couple of weeks. 
sing it. You don't know the words? In the mood. There you go. In the mood. More of a spoken song. Uh-huh. Uh, did you see, did you, Beej, you weren't in here, so I don't know if you caught it, but I, I Ralphied Ashley Bell. Did you? How did you Ralphie her? So in the one of the great moves, Ralphie, in A Christmas Story, he goes in and sneaks the advertisement, as you as you as some people call it, the advertisement for the Red Rider BB gun and slips it in her look magazine mm-hmm. so that when she opens it up, she sees it and she goes. So I was name dropping, like about the bagpipes. Like bag, mm-hmm. bagpipes are a good gift. Hmm, okay. I did I did get that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it doesn't seem like she's necessarily that on board. I can't I can't get them to bite on no. that, can I? No, I think he got the better chance of Devil in Town George. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 1968, Dion was number one with Abraham, Martin, and John. Can you tell me where he's gone? There are songs that define an era, and that's one of them when I hear it. I think. Uh, 77, the BG, How Deep Is Your Love. Hey, that, uh, that new documentary on HBO, that Robert Stigworth, he was the Mr. Saturday Night Fever guy, the guy that was behind all this. That's a remarkable story about how, that, uh, how all that happens. Oh. Sounds like you saw one that you really got to play or yeah, something. Yeah, I would ruin Christmas. If she knew I had this queued up and I didn't play it, I would. all my Christmas gifts would be taken back. 1986. Huey Lewis and the news number one. Oh, yeah. Digging on UTLC in 95. I don't want to be Gavin DeGraw in 04. And Lord Royals eight years ago today. All right, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. You cannot be anything if you want to be everything. You cannot be anything if you want to be everything, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here next time for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beej, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.